Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. you Lord blessed be your name Lord Jesus hallelujah blessed be your name Lord hallelujah amen thank you praise team for leading us in worship today blessed be your name hallelujah glory to your name Jesus the joy of breakthrough at least put it on the screen You've got it up there? The joy. There we go. I apologize about that this morning. Things happen at times. We've been in this series about breakthrough. And uh, and I didn't know I was going to be able to tie it in at Advent, but as the Lord uh, directed us, we were just able to do that. And and so this week, as we've been praying, you notice at the beginning of the service, after our, our beginning of our worship, we've been praying one of the themes of Advent. Today is joy. And uh, how many could use some more joy? And, uh, but I just want to let you know, when you say, Lord, I want to give you what I have already, he'll just keep pouring back in. And so there's joy in the breakthrough today. I want to give you just a little bit of a head start starting in January. Um, it's going to be a little bit later in the month. We're going to start our 21-day fast as we normally uh, do. And go ahead and put that next slide up, if you will. Um, the 21-day fast this year is going to start on January the 7th, um, and it's going to go through the 27th. Now, the idea is this, is that we're all at the beginning of the year fasting and praying together, and I'll give you some more direction as we get closer to that time of what to, to be praying for. If these dates don't work exactly for you and you need to make some adjustments here and there, the idea is not to be regiment, but it's about being in that relationship and finding that dedication. But I believe all of us can find time at the beginning of this year to take this time of fasting and prayer seriously, pressing in, thanking the Lord for what he's already done, but what he wants to do in our lives as individuals, in our families, and in our church, okay? And so I want to just lay that out just so you'll know to be ready, get those dates marked down. You'll see that on our website and mobile app too. And then also, I wanted to show you this picture at least one more time this year about our returning, refining, rebuilding. I believe the Lord has been speaking to us, and and it's amazing. We started at the very beginning of the year in the book of Nehemiah. Today, we're going to jump in there again, and we're going to just two chapters left. I believe the Lord has ordained every message at the right time. That's the faith I have in God. 
I believe that he ordains our steps. He orders our steps. We follow after him. And so I believe truly the day that he's done that during this time. So let's grab our, our Bibles. Let's say the declaration of the, of the word this morning. I believe this is the word of God. I believe it's fully the word of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm ready to receive from God's word today. I'm alert, I'm listening, and I'm hungry. Lord, open my ears to hear and my heart to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you ready this morning? Say, go ahead and say that tile with me. The joy of breakthrough. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 12. Starting in verse 1, we looked at this verse last week, and it says, now these are the priests. And we let the, the, priest, or the media team get caught up with this. To, I don't know if there's a computer there. We're going to get it up. Verse 1, they might be having a glitch today. So Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 1. Now these are the priests and the Levites who came up with Zerubbabel, the son of Sheetel and Joshua, Sariah, Jeremiah, and Ezra. So as we looked at this last week, we started this, this part uh, in, in, in Nehemiah, and we talked about Zerubbabel, we talked about his story in the book of Ezra. I want to take you back, and I'll just give you what it said. Last, year we, last week we looked at uh, the word Zerubbabel, his name means born in Babylon. If you go through the, the story uh, of Ezra, again, as we did last week, we saw that Zerubbabel was born in captivity. I'm not going to preach the same message I did last week, but in being born in captivity, uh, he wasn't, it wasn't matter where he was born, but where God wanted to take him. Amen? And, and no matter where you were born, we talked about that for us to, uh, today, that, that no matter where we came from, we were all born in sin, we were all born to pray, but God has a plan for our life to take us out of captivity. And then the second thing we talked about was Zechariah, his name means the Lord remembers and, and so I want you to hear this one more time. Have peace. This was from last week. Have peace because the Lord remembers you. Go ahead and tell your neighbor that. The Lord remembers you. He's remembering you. He's remembering your household. Amen. I think I'm getting my nerves calmed back down. I'm ready to go. Are you ready? It took me a little bit, but I know some of you are like, don't fall asleep yet. Wait till one o'clock when you have a nap time. All right, here we go. I'm going to jump down to verse 27. In Nehemiah, we're going to, those first uh, 26 verses there, uh, between 2 and 26, they're, they're naming the priests again in some of their roles. But I want to get down to verse 27. And I want you to hear this thought this morning. There is joy in the celebration of the breakthrough. How many is ready for a breakthrough? But there's joy in the celebration of breakthrough. When God does something, we've got to celebrate. And if you remember the story of Nehemiah, what they've been going through, they were set out to, out, of the, out of the Persian Empire to go back home to Jerusalem. The temple has already been built, and now they're there to rebuild the walls, and they're going to be building that for the protection of the city, to protect the, where the presence of, the God, of God was. Remember we talked about that, that. First we had to build the temple, restore the presence of the Lord before we talk about protection and provision. But now they're celebrating that God allowed them to build the temple. Now they rebuilt the wall. They've completed the wall and they're celebrating the breakthrough that God gave them because the enemy was trying to keep them from rebuilding the wall. He opposed them from the very beginning, but they stood still in the presence of the Lord say, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give in, but we're going to stand fast right here. And as they continue to press through, the Lord brought blessings and brought breakthrough and they rebuilt the wall. 
There's celebrations in this. Verse 27. Now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with, with gladness, both with thanksgiving and singing with cymbals and string instruments and harps. Aren't you glad for the instruments that God gives us to, to not just to use for secular purposes? He's given us these gifts and these talents and these, these instruments to worship and to celebrate what he's done in our life. I'm glad that we have a, a, a praise team that wants to celebrate the presence of the Lord. I'm glad we have singers in the, in the congregation that wants to celebrate the presence of the Lord. Verse 28, and the sons of the singers gather together from the countryside around Jerusalem from the villages of the Netherophites. Verse 29, from the house of Gilgal and from the fields of Geba and Azmeth and the singers has built themselves villages all around Jerusalem. So all the people were scattered around and they gathered them together. They gathered them together to celebrate, and they got them together to worship God for what he's done for them. He kept them. If you understand the story, if we could really put ourselves in that picture, uh, the fear that they had when they left the, their, the Persian Empire to go back home, and they thought everything was going to be okay, but once they got there, they weren't expecting the opposition. Anybody ever ran into that life where you weren't expecting the enemy to show up the way that he did, and, but God kept his hand on you, and he brought you through, and now they're celebrating. They're celebrating how God brought them through to restore the building of the temple. I'm going to look at verse 30. There's joy in the sanctification of the breakthrough. There's joy in the sanctification. Listen. Then the priests and Levites, they purify themselves and purify the people, the gates and the wall. Everything that they've been doing to honor God, they realize we've got to be consecrated before the Lord. We as people, the priest, the, the, they, they said we've got to purify themselves and, and everything around. There, there's been times we went around, and, and you've done this in other churches perhaps, and definitely done it here at different times where we would go around and we would anoint this place. Uh, the chairs that you're sitting on have been anointed. Some people watching online, if you're not following Christ, like, that sounds weird. It's not weird. We are, we're symbolically saying that God's presence is here, and that his, not symbolically, but his anointing is here through this oil. Though There's no power in that oil, but it's a, it's a place for us realize the anointing is represented by the oil of God. And so the, 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 the bottle of olive oil that we paid for at Walmart came in. It's been transformed just regular olive oil to represent the presence and anointing of God when we pray and we say, God, we believe. It's not, a, it's not like we're believing that some believe when they take communion that the grape juice really turns into the blood. That's not what we're saying here. It's not the Eucharist and that type, but we're saying that this anointing oil represents the presence of the Lord. So Wherever we go, when we begin to anoint people with it, we're saying this is a presence of the Lord right now. There's anointing right here. He wants to touch your life. and He wants to touch his place. We want to consecrate this place, sanctify it, set apart for the use of the kingdom of God, for the place that his, that his presence is welcome and his worship is exuberant. Amen? And we're giving him all the glory. So yes, we believe in anointing and that we need to do this symbolically to put us in the picture. God, you're working through us. We're here we're doing this in obedience and that's just what they're doing here they purify themselves listen don't try to anoint something if you're not purified Amen. that's why it starts back with us we have to consecrate ourselves separate ourselves sanctify ourselves as followers of God so we can be used by God 
so he can flow through us as a clean vessel, holy, acceptable, pleasing in his sight. And when we do that and, we, and we're intentional about being sanctified people, being a sanctified church, being a purified church, being a holy church, everything, we want this place to be consecrated. That's why, you know, we, we've had some movie nights here. Now, back in the day, we, we wouldn't have done movie nights. But as we, in the day, we're, we're, we're seeing things like, okay, listen, this is a house of the Lord. We want to consecrate it for a house of the Lord. But we realize that God wants us to be the family of God. And so when we come together as a family and we're doing it in honor of him, we're still using this place for the right means in the right places. We haven't, we haven't unsanctified it unless we're watching movies that we shouldn't be watching. So that's why we preview to make sure when we're showing. And again, if you're watching line, we're not just you know, picking flicks uh, to watch uh, as, a, as a, a night just for fun. Every movie that we've seen had a purpose with it. And there's a gospel message in it. And we were able to, to experience that together and have our faith even encouraged. And, and I'm still thinking about one of the last movies we watched, Faith Like Potatoes. And, and uh, it, it built up our faith to, to see what was going on in that, on a true story. Not just some uh, fictional story that someone made up that was based on a real life. How God uh, preserved and how God protected and how God provided. And he wants to do that in your life. And so this place we sanctify. And this is what they were doing there in this, in this chapter here we're seeing. They, they were sanctifying, purifying the people, the gates and the wall. Everything belongs to you, God. Someone say that with me. Everything belongs to you. This is your place, O oh Lord. This is your house. We consecrate it before you. And you're like, we've already done that way in the past. Yes, we, but we keep bringing, we keep reminding ourselves what this place is about. And what we do here. Yes, we had fun uh, last Sunday night with the men's uh, doing a tool exchange. And, and, and I'm praying some of those tools be used for the kingdom of God working here. Okay, we'll just say. And the women had a great time of fellowship, sharing love, knowing one another, getting comfortable socks that they may wear on an on a overnight prayer meeting. They're like, I have to have comfortable socks on for that. But the whole thing is that we're doing life together Pleasing him first. Honoring God. So we concentrate, consecrate ourselves before him. Look at verse 31. There's joy in the worship of the breakthrough. Not worshiping the breakthrough, but there's joy when we, when we begin to worship. Because of the breakthrough, we're able to worship. And there's joy that comes into that. When you're, when you're down and out, Get into the presence of the Lord. Get with other believers. Begin to worship God. And God's going to lift up your spirit. God's going to lift you up and strengthen you, encourage you, and give you joy. And I've said this for so many times, but it's what we hold on to. The joy of the Lord, say it with me, is our strength. So he says, I brought the leaders of Judah up on the wall. And listen, I appointed two large thanksgiving choirs. One went to the right hand of the wall towards the refuse gate. The other was by the, by the fountain. I'm going to drip down, jump down here in just a moment. But listen, two great choirs. Not just one, but two. I want you to think of your choir one and your choir two, all right? You're, you're, 
not in opposition, but together. You're, you're moving across different places to fill the area with praise and adoration and exaltation and songs of glory and honor to God Almighty. They're like, one choir is not going to be enough. We need to spread them around to declare because we're celebrating what God has done. He's brought us through. He's brought us out of the bondage that we were in and the captivity that we're in. He allowed us to come back and rebuild the, the temple the representing the presence of God. And now he allowed us to, to rebuild the walls uh, representing his protection and his provision and that he's with us. And we're going to celebrate this. Uh, and we're not going to do this lightheartedly. We're not going to do this just uh, in a little way. We're going to do this in a big way. How many knows that God deserves big praise? And, and we're going to give him our very best and excellence. And we're going to raise up two choirs and we're going to set them out on these walls. And they're going to give songs of thanksgiving. There's something about a heart of gratitude. Let's don't, and, I, and I, I love that devotion I read earlier. It's like some are forgetting Thanksgiving. They jump from Halloween to, to Christmas and on the decorations at the stores. Like, no, we, we're not only celebrating Halloween, but we celebrate Thanksgiving in a way we're thankful. Lord, let me have a grateful heart, oh God. Jumping down to verse 37. Continue with this thought. There is joy in the worship of the breakthrough. It says, by the fountain gate in the front of them. They went up the stairs, talking about the choirs, up the stairs of the city of David, on the stairway of the wall, beyond the house of David, as far as the water gates eastward. The other Thanksgiving choir went the opposite way. And I was behind them with half of the people on the wall going past the tower of the ovens as far as the broad wall. It's telling again, the choirs were being spread out to give praise. And above the gate of Ephraim, above the old gate, above the fish gate, the tower of Haniel, the tower of the hundred, as far as the sheep gate. And they stopped by the gate of the prison. They went everywhere singing praises to God. Lord, I pray over this place that we're at that it's not just in the sanctuary where your praises are lifted up. But, Lord, in our offices and in our foyer and in our, in our children's room, Lord, even upstairs, we pray, let the praises of the Lord raise us up in this place. Let exaltation be exalted, O God of the heavens. Lord, name is above all names, and we, we magnify you right now. I want to run through the building just give him praise right now. He deserves all glory and all honor. We worship you, Lord Jesus. There's joy in the worship. I can tell you, I can be in this place by myself sometimes and just start singing out songs of praise, and the atmosphere changes. It's always good around here, but it just begins to sense the presence of the Lord. You can do that at your house. You can do that in your car, but God deserves the praise. We give you glory and honor today, O oh Lord. There's joy in the worship. How many need some joy? Go ahead and shout right now. God, I worship you. I worship you. Let the joy begin to flood your soul right now. There's praise in this place. We honor you, O oh God. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is here. The joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 40. So the two Thanksgiving choirs stood in the house of God. Likewise, in the half of the rulers with me. They were in it together. See, the second part, it wasn't just the singers, but it was not just the choirs, but the leaders joined in. Every one of us have a place in, in worship here. Every one of us have a place and an honor and the responsibility to press in and give God the praise that he deserves. Verse 41, 
and the priests, now, and I cut some of the verses just so the names are not all in there, but I want you to get the emphasis. The priests, and they named them, they had their trumpets. They were singing the praises through the horns of, of worship. The singers sang loudly. Say that with me. The singers sang loudly. Go ahead. Let it out when you're in worship. Don't worry about the people around you. Amen. Sing out. Amen. Sing out. Make it, if we have to turn up, we'll turn up. But sing out. Let God hear your praises this morning. Sing out to the Lord. Amen. Make a joyful noise in his presence. Some of you would probably have a breakthrough if you start singing out. Amen. You've been afraid to sing out. Go ahead. You may discover you have a voice you never heard before. Now, I've heard people that their whole life never even sang, never even tried. It's like, why? I'm afraid to. I know what my voice sounds. You may have, you may have a voice of an angel. You, you don't know. Go ahead in this room. Sing out. Sing out to the Lord. He is good. How many believes that he's good? Sing out to the Lord. He deserves the praise. He doesn't pre-qualify you whether you're worthy of just sing because of your quality of voice. No, he says you need to give him a shout of praise and a song of victory. And, a, and, a, and we even dance in the presence of the Lord. Some of you need to get loose in the presence of God. Don't be so tight. This is, this is a celebration. If you go to any other celebration, there's, there's dancing, right? It's dancing in the presence of the Lord. We celebrate the presence of God because he transformed our lives. He's changed us. He's redeemed us. He set us free. Is anybody wallowing in sin anymore? No, you've been set free of that. The sin has been broken off of you. I have a reason to shout. I have a reason to be joyful. I have a reason to be glad today. Thank you, Lord. Are you ready for this one? I hope someone will shout. There's joy in giving. Because of the breakthrough. It's like you always bring in offerings. Well, that's the, what the Bible does. It's not me. I'm just reading the passage. Aren't you glad I'm just reading the passages? I'm preaching the word of God. I'm, I'm not cherry picking a verse here or there. This is Nehemiah chapter 12. We left some of it out because I didn't think if you wanted to be here all day. So I'm giving you the highlights of the second part of this chapter. And here's where it's at. There's joy in giving because of the breakthrough. There's joy in, they, they want to give because they saw how God blessed them, how he brought them out of the, the bondage, how he brought them out of captivity, how he helped them. He provided for them. Where did the wood come from? Where did the stones come from? God provided all those things. He had a plan and he'll do the same for you as we turn to him and we celebrate and we have the joy of giving. Verse 43, you ready? Here you go. Also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced. You know, you can do the both at the same time. You can give your tithe and your offering and your blessings, and you can rejoice in doing it. Amen. It's not, it's different than paying a bill. I don't rejoice paying the bill. I don't rejoice going to the counter and, and buying a $15 meal that should be $5.95. I, I don't enjoy that. Uh, I'm not, I don't rejoice. Oh, good, $15. Here you go. No, but I rejoice when I'm giving back to the Lord. Uh, I rejoice when I'm faithful and in, in, in giving to him and sacrificial giving. Uh, I'm, give, I'm rejoicing because he gave it to me to begin with. Uh, he's blessing us. We rejoice in giving. For God had made them rejoice with great joy. 
the women and the children also rejoice. Don't you love it? I would, I, I'm excited about our children's church. They're learning to worship God. But I look forward to the times where we worship God together and we see the children rejoicing in the presence of the Lord and, and everyone doing it together. It's not just for one person, not just for one group. It's for all of us to rejoice so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. I want to take a praise break right now and I want them to hear us at Speedway gas station just down the road. We love you, Jesus. We celebrate your presence and we celebrate your freedom. We celebrate life in you. We celebrate we've been sanctified and bought by a price that you have a purpose for us. We celebrate. Lift up the name of Jesus. Let our neighbors hear right now. God, you're worthy. Be exalted, O God, in the heavens. Be exalted, O Lord Jesus Christ. We give you glory and praise. The children's church may be wondering what's going on in the sanctuary. That's okay. We're here to give him praise. Verse 44, there's joy in giving. And at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouses for the offerings. They appointed people to, to watch over. They had a financial committee. <laughs> watch over the, the storehouses, the first fruits, and the tithes to gather them into the fields of the cities, a portion specified by the law for the priests and the Levites for Judah. Rejoice over the priests and the Levites who ministered. Listen, verse 45. There's joy in serving because of the breakthrough. You can have joy in serving. And I encourage every one of you to, to find that place. Whatever it is, you may think it's, it might be small or big, but God wants to use every one of us in some way Again, it may not be every week. I, I know I sound like a broken record sometimes, but I just keep committing this to you that, that when you hear these things, when you do these things, you get fulfillment in your life as a believer, as a follower, as an ambassador of Christ when you're serving. When you're serving. He, he's designed us that way. And so I pray, Lord, right now, move in our hearts to, to ask that question, how can I serve? And I want to do it with, with gladness. Not looking for my name to be in print and, and not looking to be uh, told about everybody else what I'm doing, but just to say, God, I'm willing to serve you. Whatever that looks like, there's joy in serving. Verse 45, both the singers and the gatekeepers kept the charge of their God and the charge of the purification according to the command of David and Solomon and his son. For in the days of David and Asaph, the, the old there were chiefs of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving of God. There was joy in serving. We thank you, Lord Jesus. One more, are you ready? There's joy in the provisions because of breakthrough. God is a provider. Started this chapter with Zerubbabel and he ends it with Zerubbabel here. In the days of Zerubbabel and in the days of Nehemiah, all Israel gave the portions for the singers and the gatekeepers, a portion for each day. They also consecrated holy things for the Levites, and the Levites consecrated them for the children of Aaron. What they're saying is those who were worshiping, those that were being set apart to do those things, they were being touched and provided for by God. I want to let you know God will provide for you when you're a worshiper. 
when you're a giver, when you're a server. He will take care of your needs. He will take care of you. And he does this. And, and so we celebrate, God, this is what we see in the scriptures. We want to be obedient. I want to be a singer. I want to be a worshiper. I want to be a gatekeeper. Whatever place you're serving in, no matter what you're doing, I know that the Lord is able to bless and take care of you. And we can have joy because of the provisions, because of the breakthrough. Amen. So let's do the Bible this morning. Then I've added this little phrase to it as we're in this Advent. Let's do the Bible as we wait for his second coming. How many is ready for Jesus Christ to come again? We're looking for him to come. Amen? And this week, I want you to read Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, and pray this. Lord, I have joy knowing that you are my provider. I praise you for who you are, but I am grateful for what you do for me, my family, and my church. I desire to be an authentic worshiper. There is joy of breakthrough through seeking the Lord. I know some of you may be thinking now, as you've been here over this last couple of years, and let's do the Bible you're probably thinking, okay, where is he pulling these thoughts out of? And I tell you, all these thoughts that come out of, in this lesson of the Bible come out of the Scripture. And so let's look at some of that. I'm going to read it for you one more time. I want you to read it with me, if you will, if you're ready to do that. Read it out loud. Lord, I have joy knowing that you are my provider. I praise you for who you are. But I am grateful for what you do for me, for my family, for my church. I desire to be an authentic worshiper. There is joy of breakthrough through seeking the Lord. So let's look at the scriptures. Luke chapter 11, tying us into this message. Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, this is talking about Jesus, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, Pray this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Look at verse 3. Give us day by day our daily bread. He's our provider, right? Yes, he is. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now I want to start connecting the message. That's, a, that's the Lord's Prayer. Usually we, we quote the one that's in Matthew, but this is in Luke, so it's a little bit abbreviated, a little bit different, but saying the same thing. But I want you to see the context where this is at in Luke, what follows this. I'm connecting the message of something I preached a, a few weeks ago, but listen. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. What did Jesus just say? Pray this way, our Father which are in heaven. And then he says, give us today, day by day, our daily bread. Because when you're in need, how many knows you need bread every day? You need provision every day. And when you're in need, you pray to God, God, I need this every day. Not just at, at the point of my need, but I'm going to know I need it every day. So in my daily prayer, I'm honoring him, but I'm also saying, God, take care of me. 
I'm trusting you to take care of me. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to be a server. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to trust you in all these things that you're going to take care of me. But I also realize I'm submitting that I need your provision. I can't do it on my own. This is where the world uh, takes place. Uh, they're like, no, I don't need God. I, I'm making it on my own. and I'm already, I make enough money. I don't, have to, I, I don't lack anything. But this is not the heart of the believer. The believer is saying, I recognize all the provision that I have comes from you. And what I need, you're going to provide. And I'm trusting you this. I'm not going to try to go do it on my own. I'm not going to just try to make it happen by myself. I yield myself as a servant to you, and I recognize no matter how blessed I am or how, how, how little I have, I know that I'm going to be taken care of because you're going to provide for me. But then he ties this story in, again, about prayer. If you have a friend who comes who's in need of provision, he's in need of a bread because another friend comes in. So he's going to knock. He says, he will answer from within. Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are now in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say, though, he will not rise and give to him because he has a friend, yet because of his persistence. I'm going to go ahead and say this. And I've tied it in before, connecting this message. There's a need in our prodigals. There's a need in our lost loved ones. They need the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. So we're going to keep going to his door saying, I have a friend who's come in and they need life. They're in need. Now, listen, if you look at the story, the person who came in, they didn't tell what they needed. They didn't say, go to your neighbor and get bread for me. That's not the conversation we see. We just see that the owner of the, of the house who had the friend, he says, I know they need something. They've been traveling. They've been weary because of this journey that they're on. And they need a bread of life. And, and my neighbor has provision. And I'm going to go over there. I'm telling you, we can keep going to Jesus Christ. This is the story. This is what he's saying. Be persistent. I'm going to keep praying. I'm keep praying for your family members. I look at that list every once in a while that, that you guys, those who responded to the text messages several weeks ago with your family names. I'm praying over your children again. God hears our prayers, and we're going to be persistent. We're going to keep knocking. We're going to keep seeking the Lord for your families. Verse 19, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. See, listen to how he ties us in. We hear the story. Because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as his need. And then Jesus goes on and says, so I say to you, you see the, see the context? Don't lose the messages with outside, the, outside the context. Sometimes we just grab a few verses. Look around it. See what's going on. And Jesus just gets done telling them the story. Pray this way. It's okay to pray. Isn't it interesting that Jesus says it's okay to pray, provide for my needs. It didn't say, Lord, make me more than abundant and the richest man in the world. That's not what the prayer said. Give us today, day by day, what we need. Don't worry about tomorrow, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his. Makes sense, right? Because we live sanctified lives. 
holy lives. We're seeking his righteousness. And when we do, we know that he's going to provide for us. It's not an ultimatum from God. He's not going to say, I'm only going to bless you when you get your life straight. That's not the way to look at it. The way to look at it is like, you're almighty God. You're the creator of everything. I surrender to you, and I trust you, and I want to serve you because of who you are. He's not making demands on us, but here's what we read in in Romans chapter 12. Present ourselves to him as living sacrifice. This is our reasonable service because of who he is. Because of that, he says in this relationship we have, and and you're submitting to me, I'm going to let you know I'm going to provide for you. My provision is for you. I will take care of you when you come seeking. And he's saying it's okay to come to him and say, God, I have these needs. We need to be wise in our stewardship. We need to be wise in how we, how we use our monies. We have to be faithful to God first. But when we're faithful in doing these things, he will give us wisdom, but he will give us provision when we're seeking after him. Then he says this, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Now, the language here, it actually means, I say to you, keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on knocking. This is the implication of the language. Keep on. Not a one-time thing. You can only survive off of leftovers for so long. They go bad or you eat it all up. God wants to give you something day by day, something fresh, something useful today. Lord, we need a fresh anointing today. I I don't want to just walk in yesterday's anointing. I, I need your anointing today. For everyone who asks receives and who seeks find and to him who knocks, it will be open. If... And then he goes on. Because it's Christmas, I had to add this in. I mean, I didn't add it in. I just had to keep it included. This is not another passage. This is still the same passage. Are you following me? Still the same place where he's talking about someone knocking at someone's door, talking about seeking and finding. Then he says, if a son asks for bread, he starts with the Lord's Prayer. It's okay. You need to ask for me for your daily bread. But he ends up this conversation on praying. But if you ask me for bread, because I told you to, like a father, am I going to give you a stone? If, if, a, if a father asks, if a son asks for fish, will he give him a serpent instead? This is all in this context of praying in the Lord's Prayer. I have to realize when I ask for the provision of God for my daily bread, he wants to give me good things. And then he goes on to say, if he asks of a serpent, if he asks him today, is he going to give him a, scor- a scorpion? No, he says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your father or to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He wants to fill our lives with his spirit because his spirit leads us. His spirit walks beside us. He's our comforter. He wants us to be filled with his spirit because the spirit helps us overcome 
the flesh. There's a battle. News alert. Every day, there's this battle between your flesh and your spirit. But your spirit man can rise up and gain strength stronger and stronger every day because the Spirit of God is walking with you. And when we learn to sacrifice and, and, and crucify this flesh, He empowers us in the Spirit, and He wants to give us good gifts. The, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is a good gift by God to us, from God to us, to help us walk in this life, this journey, until we get to heaven with full strength. Anybody ever been on a little trip where it's going to take you several hours to get someplace? One of the first things you do is you fill up your tank. I want to get on the road and I want to keep on going as far as I can to get, get there. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to get down on a five-hour, six-hour trip and get a half an hour down the road to get gas. I, I want to fill up, and I don't want to take a chance of running out, so I'm not going to wait till it gets empty. I want to be on full. How many feels better driving when you see the tank full? And if you have a co-pilot, and it starts getting down, and like you get below half a tank, you're like, you probably should get gas. It's like, no, we can go farther. We can make it. Trust me. We can make it. My wife, actually, one time we ran out of gas as she was pulling into the gas station. The guy said, we can make it a little bit farther. And she coasted in. But I said, we made it. <laughs> it didn't happen again after that, I can tell you that. But we have confidence when the tank is full. I want to let you know that you can be full of the power of God, His presence. So you can journey in this life with confidence. God doesn't want us running on empty of his anointing. He wants to fill us. He wants to fill us. This happens when we're worshipers as our praise team comes back. Being authentic worshipers. Singing out. Serving. Giving. Dedication of our whole life to him because he deserves it. It's not about the church you're serving at. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a denomination. It's about God. It's about him giving our very best. How many is ready to give your very best right now? I believe there's breakthrough in worship. And I, I, and I want to say, I believe on the laying on of hands. I do. I pray. We pray with people. And as the Lord prompts me, I go and, and pray with people. I believe, though, there's also breakthrough in worship. You know, there's people who's been healed in worship services when nobody's touched them. I'm not saying we don't pray for them. I'm just saying I, I believe in God is able to do things way above our imagination. And in a moment, we're saying, God, I am, I'm just giving all I can to you. So I'm going to encourage you as you stand right now, and I'm going to invite you to stand in, in this altar area. If you can't stand up here, maybe find a seat on the front row, but move out and, and, and fill this place and give God the gratitude of, from your heart, praise from your heart. How many has a heart of gratitude right now? I want to give you my very best. I want to worship you. Let's let Speedway hear us again in our praise. Will you come? Will you fill this place? Hallelujah. Oh, my words fall short. I've got. 
Just one move with my. 